Tov, today's daf is Nun Vav, 56. Uh, we pick up by the two dots, Amar Mar, about uh, six lines from the top. We had a statement about a list of things which are Pater Bidine Adam Bechai Bidine Shemayim, exempt from civil from payment. We're talking here specifically about co- compensatory payment in a, a civil court, but Chayv in heaven, uh, which means that a person needs to make restitution in order to be good with God, to be good mo- on a moral plane, etc. And the reason we're bringing it in is one of the cases was somebody who breaks down a fence and the animal goes out and gets lost so you um, you know maybe you're high on the fence or whatever the Gemara said it was a weak fence but you didn't directly destroy the animal or injure the animal but of course as a result of your actions the owners lost their animals so that would be a case where you would technically be exempt but obviously there's more responsibility and the reason we're bringing it in is because our Mishnah talks about somebody who breaks a fence and the animal goes out and does damage um, and that the Mishnah says that in that case um, they are patur they are exempt um, okay so now um, we continue with this list six lines from the top Amar Mar said the master meaning let's go back and look at that writer that we taught um, so the other uh, so one event was the breaking of the fence the other was uh, putting something in the way of a fire then Hasoher Ede Sheker somebody who hires false witnesses Hey Dami what's the case if you're hiring them to come for your, you know for, for a case that, that you're the litigant of so as a result of these witnesses that you that, that were testifying falsely that you hired you won a case you should have lost so mamona then you have to uh, make restitution of course I mean we might not know that they were lying and we can't force you but how could you say adam if it is a type of a case that were we to know the facts we would force you to make restitution no 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 we're talking here about about comp- compensatory issues that's the whole point okay so so it is true that you would be put, you would be put to be Dine Adam. You might escape Dine Adam because we don't know that they're lying. But you've done so. But you have somebody else's money. So if we knew the facts, you'd be chayiv to return it. So the Gemara says, Ella Dine Adam You should be chayiv be Dine Adam. Ella Chavre. Okay. So um, I here uh, like Michael, and uh, I see he's about to uh, lose a case to David. So I hire false witnesses to testify on behalf of Michael against David. So Michael now has David's money that he shouldn't have. Okay, but I, so Michael has to return it, but I have no, if Michael's escaped and absconded with the funds and gone off to Hawaii, wherever he is, there's no liability for me for having done that. I was just like a grumma, okay? That, you know, if I had done it personally, I would have been a goddess if I took your money out of your pocket and gave it to him. But here I'm just a grumma, and more than I'm just a grumma, in general we sort of speak about how, you know, the witnesses had their own responsibility of knowing whether what they should or should not have done. Okay, so Tosa says, um, that there's an interesting Tosos but why we had to give the example that I hired them what would be if I didn't hire them what would be if I just asked them to testify falsely okay so presumably it will also be the same so Tosos so if you look at Tosos in the Tosos El Chavre Tosos says um like four lines down in that Tosus El Chavre, he says We're specifically talking that I hired them. Amar, if I just said to them, you know, go ahead, you know, help out Michael, testify falsely, then I don't even have any liability up in heaven. Like, why should somebody listen to me when I tell them to sin? Okay, assuming that I don't have any type of, you know, you know, you know, uh, there's no power dynamic there, which they're going to listen to me even if I just request it. Because, but if it's a simple telling them and asking them, okay, then that. 
that's fully their responsibility, even Bidine Shemayim. Um, because I, I assume they won't listen to me, or meaning, they had no need to, you know, there was nothing compelling them to listen to me. Okay? So he says, and don't tell me that the Chiddush is to say, even if I hire them, I'm still Pater Bidini Adam. But of course I'm Pater Bidini Adam. Like, uh, sadly, the way the system works is that there's no category of grama. So, as long as I didn't do it myself, and ain't Shviachli Dvar Zera, it doesn't matter if I told them, it doesn't matter if I hired them. Of course, I wasn't the one, I wasn't the Eid Zomim, they were the Eid Zomim, I didn't directly do an Eset. So, so it says, we are saying Sokha is not, it, it's obvious that you're, that you're going to be Pater Bidini Adam. And the reason, therefore, it says Sokher is to tell you that if you weren't Sokher, if you just ask them, you're even Pater Bidini Shemaim, which raises like interesting questions, right? What is the level of moral responsibility? But maybe the real question here is, what do we mean when we say Chayv Bidini Shemaim? Chayv Bidini Shemaim doesn't just mean that you did something that was like morally reprehensible. You know, it's like if in the process of doing these things you, you carried Muktz on Shabbos, you moved Muktz on Shabbos, you wouldn't say Chayv Bidini Shemaim. Chayv Bidini Shemaim doesn't just mean that there's some sin involved, some moral or religious sin. It means that up in heaven, they are saying, as it were, that you have to compensate the person. Right? And the Cleveland retains interesting questions. For example, there's a discussion in the postkim that if you're chayef to me bidine shamayim, because you broke the fence in front of my animal, can I go ahead and seize that prop, seize that money from you? And then the court wouldn't make me pay it back, because anyway, you're chayef bidine shamayim. Right? So the court won't make you pay, but do we say at some level you really do owe me the money, but we're just not going to make you pay. Okay, so chayef bidine shamayim does not just here mean that you did something that was inappropriate, wrong, morally, religiously reprehensible. It means that at some sort of, sort of, you know, sort of deeper level, you really do owe me the money. Okay? And certainly that's the way they look at it up in heaven. Alright? So that, to get to that level, Tosus is saying, just because I ask people to testify falsely, that doesn't create that level of responsibility. Like, obviously I shouldn't have done it, but it doesn't make me high of Bidine Shemayim. Yes, but Michael. I just have an issue with the, 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 the Oh yeah, I didn't think, you know, but he's Right, I understand. I understand. So I don't think Tosos. I, I, that's why I didn't read Tosos. You, you assume if you assume they wouldn't listen, why did you ask? But it means that they had no reason to listen to you. Okay. Now, of course, if you're a highly persuasive type of a person or whatever, right? One wonders: Are there cases of Omer that approximate Socher? Like some people, because of a power differential or because of their persuasiveness or whatever, they could be as the, you know the, the temptation of their asking, their persuading could be as great as the temptation of money. So I assume the answer is yes. But Tosos saying at a certain point where you don't have a similar dynamic as Socher there would not even be a Chiyu Videi Shemayim Dov, you had a question? I mean in this system is that supposed to be motivational? What? In other words, of course. And it also means that if you went ahead and did this, I don't know if it's supposed to be, you know, then... then uh, all right, but go ahead and find the Right, so it depends. I don't know how much right. I mean, in a religious system, hopefully something like this is motivational to get you to stop or to get you to feel afterwards. People will tell you, you know, up in heaven, you know, it's coming to Yom Kippur, you know, they're, always, they're still going to hold you responsible until you've actually paid that guy back. So, 
Yeah, and as I did say, I believe that you know there, there are some positions that say that again that, that this could be enough to say that let's say I seize the money from you, right? The court won't take you to you know take you to. I won't be able to sue you in court. But if I on my own just took the money from you, they might not make me give the money back. So you know, so that's like an interesting. Uh, but the Gemara doesn't say that, but there is some positions like that. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. Um, okay, so the third, the fourth one is um, somebody who. who this is the least, you know, sort of because it's uh, of, 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 the, of them because this is the most passive. It's a sin of omission, not commission. You know, you testimony for somebody that could help them win a court case, and you stay home. So the Gemara says, so you are what? Yeah, well, that's what the Gemara is going to say. But the interesting thing is that there's some about what the person lost, even though you didn't do any direct damage, thus you didn't come and help them. Like, how about another case? How about, let's say, here's, here's a case. Let's say I see, you know, the classic, the classic Gemara about that the Mitzvah HaShavah Saveda includes even, um, you know, um, even preventing loss. Let's say I see that some, uh, you know, some car is about to run over your, uh, whatever it is, your, your, uh, give me something, your, yeah. t- your TV that you left in the middle of the street, okay? And I can go ahead and grab that TV or stop the car or grab that TV and get it out of the street. And I don't. Am I chai bedinin shemayim? Right? I mean, I pa- I, my passivity caused you to lose money. Right? So, I mean, while we say, we would certainly say, presumably I did a wrong thing, presumably we wouldn't say I'm chai bedinin shemayim for the cost of your TV. Right? So why here is being quiet about testimony any different? Is it because there's some sense here of perversion of the of Emmis? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying at home, yes, somebody is robbing you in court. I'm not doing anything about it. But saying, like, I'm not taking the car, the, the TV out of the way of the car. Maybe it's a case, we'll see, but maybe it's a case where you actually came and you, um, and you, you know, subpoenaed me, as it were. Like, you actually said, I need you to come and testify for me. And I say, no, I'm not doing it. Or whatever. I say, I don't know anything. So maybe there's a little more active thing going here. But I do find it surprising if we take Chaibedin Yashamayim as a serious thing. Not just you did something wrong, but like there's real liability in heaven that the complete just being passive, you know, would do and not coming to somebody's aid would do that. Um, and then there's a lot of other examples of not coming to somebody's aid. So let aid, haha. Anyway, so let's read the Gemara. Okay, Vayodea Edus Okay, Vayodea Edus That was totally unintentional. Um, anyway, Vayodea Edus So the Gemara says, Maiaskinam. What's the case? <coughs> If we're talking that there are two witnesses and they're choosing not to go to court, so pshita, of course you have. Now, does that mean liability, or of course it's a wrong thing to do? So racy, it's a pasuk. No, if you don't tell, you will bear the burden of the sin. So presumably that's talking about somebody whose testimony could actually, you know, clearly win the case. There would be two witnesses. It would be interesting. Like, how can you transgress something that needs somebody else? to be doing the same thing like with you like you could say I, I know he was going to do it I know anyway but okay but then if clearly there now what now the question again it, that I'm asking is is the Gemara assuming the Vinasa Avono means that therefore you have some liability up in heaven for the loss of money is that how it's reading it because often this case of Vinasa Avono means this is the classic case as Michael's referring to is a case where you took a Shavua somebody says come and testify to me about this case and you say no I take a Shavua that I don't know any testimony and you're lying so in that case in Asavano you have to bring a special korban of Shuas Ha'edus okay so the Asavano there specifically is when that translated into taking a Shvua if it didn't so okay you transgressed but that does that mean Chayav Bidine Shemayim 
not so clear. Um, anyway, the Gemara says, now, the other thing that's even not clear is, is, is do you learn from this Pasuk and Isser to not testify? Or is this Pasuk only about swearing falsely? So if you look at Tosos, Tosos says, the context of the Pasuk is that you heard an oath and you swore falsely. That there's an asavo no just by not telling, okay. But if it was if, if that not telling is within the context of a false oath, then there's a korban. But the idea that there's an asavo no is merely from the fact of the not telling, okay. So that's number one. That's why the Gemara could say you transgress just by not telling. Now Tosos goes on. Tosos says, um, after the parentheses, here's another interesting limitation. The basin. Only if you deny in Bastin, so by denying, you know, testimony, you're not just saying, I'm going to stay at home, I got the, you know, the Super Bowls on. You're lying, you're denying that you have testimony. So that might be, make it more than the passive thing of not taking your TV out of the way of the car. Okay, your iPhone, let's make a better example, who leaves a TV in the middle of the street. Not taking your iPhone out of the way of the car. Okay, okay, anyway, okay, you're not just saying I'm lazy, you're actively denying. So there's something a little more active about out, like, you know, destroying through the lies, through, through destroying that person's property. But Tosa says, but that's only if you do it in court. Because then once you look and say in court, I mean, you, you don't know. In court. No, no, Shua. You say in court, I do not know any testimony to this person. Then you're not able to retract. Because Allah is. So what you have really done is you've really completely robbed the person of that testimony. But if you deny outside of court, then Tosa says, then you could always come to court later. Okay? And by by the way, he mightn't say even maybe even after the court case was finished, right? What I, you know, come to court later. Let's say somebody finds witnesses after the court case is over, they can reopen the case. So it's interesting for Tosos. Tosos says that actually there's no finality to your act unless you deny it in court, and you've never really caused the guy a loss because you can always change your mind and come and testify later. All right, so that's the limit that Tosos puts on it. But for us, the important point here is is that even though the particular is talking about a shavua, the Gemara makes it sound that there is a sense of of, like, you know, sin and liability and transgression, even without the shvua. Okay, but is that just passively not testifying, or is that lying about it? Is that lying about it out of course, in, in, in court? I'll read you the Rambam. The Rambam does not have the qualifications of Tosos. The Rambam in Perak Aleph, Halacha Aleph of Shvuas says, of Ada, says the following. Um, uh, the Ada has to testify based on with any testimony he knows. Whether it's going to make the person liable, whether it's going to make the person, you know, you know, uh, free from liability. As long as, but if it's a civil case, if it's a criminal case, presumably you always have to testify because anyway, there's no litigants. The state is sort of prosecuting a criminal case. But if it's a civil case, you're only chayiv once you are. The person says, "I need you to come and testify for me." So it's interesting for Tosa. For Tosos, for the Rambam, if he doesn't say it's in court, he doesn't say you lied about it. Yes, you need the context that you're actually being demanded to come and testify, okay? But he also doesn't. But but for him, just the passive being at home and refusing to testify, okay, is enough to transgress. 
So uh, here we have the Gemara saying, if you actually are two witnesses, says the Gemara, then clearly, you know, you're uh, then then it's up, you know, then it's pita because you've transgressed, refusing to testify. But again, I go back to my question. So on, a, we have the question about what are the context in court, out of court, lying, not lying, etc. But B, we have the question of what is the Gemara being pita? Have you just transgressed, like you've done a sin, like you've uh, you know, like you've uh, like you've e- like you've eaten trace, or is it that there's some sense of a liability for that up in heaven that from the heaven's perspective right is that that sounds like what the Gemara is saying it's that from this possible it should be Pshita that that Chai of Bedin and Shemayim is true as well yes so I was trying to understand when is the Gemara saying that there's the Korban for two people who swear or, or yeah. one person be one person as well because I think they I know, but that's but the, but that's like it's obvious that there's a chai b'din shamayim because you would met, make the guy pay, okay? So um, I mean, when you you know over and whatever, you know, the gemara discusses the context of korban. There are cases where one person does bring a korban as well, but the gemara just says it's pshit if it's two people that there would be a chai b'din shamayim, okay? Ella b'chad. So it would be a case of one. So then what's the chai b'din shamayim? So Rashi says that because even if it's only one and it wouldn't win the case all on his own, his presence might have tipped the scales, might have made the guy admit, the guy wouldn't have wanted to take a shlua, the other person would have had to take a shlua, and so on. Okay, so fine. Which still raises the question, so with one guy, is one guy over on the, on the lav? It sounds like a person isn't over on the pasuk, but still is chayav b'dini shemayim. Okay, so... You also never know. There's another guy. Who's right, exactly. Okay, so now the Gemara continues. Basu leka, is, 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 is there none other? Vayika, what about the following list? Ha'osim alocha b'mei chatas v'prez chatas p'adam b'dini adam v'chayav b'dini shemayim. If you do work with the water of the par- that was you know drawn to be used for the paraduma, or with cow actually of the the paraduma cow actually, so then you make them invalid to be used for the paraduma. It's a much bigger deal, I assume, if you do melacha with the cow than if you just draw the water and you have to get and do something with the water and have to do something draw new water. But anyway, that's patuminiyanam mechayvinin shavayim. Why are you patuminiyanam? Because it has a chain of nikkar. It's not visible. I'm, okay. I'm, who you paying? The guy who owns the cow? Yeah. Or bear the base of mikdash. Okay. But you are patur because it's a nezek. Okay, so but still, you made this thing worth from being worth uh, you know a million dollars. You made it worth a thousand dollars. The cow, so that's a serious How about I know in some That's more similar to the cases we were talking about before. Cases of grama. Most of the cases in our in our list were sort of grama type of cases. So you put poison before an animal. The animal eats it and it dies. That's similar to our list of things that are how about that's pretty relevant to our discussions that's even in our Mishnah I mean our Mishnah says oh no that was an, uh, the Mishnah from where was the Mishnah no that was the previous Mishnah from the previous pair anyway you send a torch with a so again you're just a grama and uh, you're still putter okay that's also similar to our list if you scare somebody you know and you didn't technically touch them. So you like you yelled in their ear. So because you didn't touch them, technically you weren't a mazik. Okay, and they cause them death, or you cause them to trip, or something of that nature. All of these are very similar in that they're cases of like grama, which are which is pretty much the cases that we had. How about the following? Remember that your 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 picture broken with just a robin, or your camel fell, and you did not uh, make them stand up. Rabbi Meir and you're high for damage that they cause, either because tripping. 
thing is a poshea. Or, uh, well, that's probably the reason. Okay, the chachamim and the chachamim say shemayim. That no, you're pasbidin yadam because tripping is not a poshea. You're not at fault because you left the stuff there because the Gemara says it was case about mafkin izakov laachan afilas onus. You were mafkir it. Okay, but you know you made a mess. You should clean it up. Technically speaking, you 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 were mafkir it a second before you know it became your responsibility to clean it up. Okay, so technically you're pata. You, you aren't a poshea for making it. It wasn't yours that, that you had to clean it up after you were mafkir it. But come on, you make a mess. You should clean it up. Okay, and somebody got hurt as a result. Okay, so why not list all those? So the says in yes. There are a lot. There are a lot of things that are in that category. But the ones we listed, there was a special chiddush. What was the special chiddush in the ones we listed? I might have thought between Shemayim Nami Lo Lechayev. Ours, like all these things that you're part of Bidin Adam is obvious. I mean, it's like I said, it's like uh, surprising and shocking for somebody who's never learned, you know, Nizikin and Gemara. Because like, really, you put poison in front of your friend's thing, you're part of Bidin, you know, you're part of Bidin Adam. But yes, there are these formal categories of Mazik Biadayim and Grama is Putter. And once you say that, all of these are pretty obvious. All these are Grama. So part of Bidin Adam is pretty obvious. Chay Bidin Shemayim, the Gemara says, like we're saying. It doesn't mean you did something morally wrong. It means like up in heaven they really are holding you accountable to compensate this guy. Okay, so in that there's a chiddush by some of these to go that far. Let's see why. One minute. Okay, nami. So the Gemara says in mia ikatuah v'hani itzrichlei malz deim b'vidin yishamayim nami lo lechayev. It doesn't reach the level of chayiv b'vidin yishamayim. Kamash v'lan that it does. Okay, so let's go through the list. Haporitz kedavifnei beimis chaveru malz deim so you broke the fence. Kivan the lemisterakai since the fence was getting you know was getting ready to be knocked. Down and Ma'avid said, "What you didn't do anything, you know." But even though the point is that because you knocked down the fence, right? You uh, the animal went out and escaped. So what do you mean? So big deal. The fence was about to be knocked down. But you could say, well, maybe if it was so rickety, I figured the animal would have escaped anyway. I didn't really contribute to that. Or maybe I just thought I was doing you a favor. I was getting rid of this fence that needed to be removed. Okay. Anyway, so Kamesh Bilad, that you can't say that at the time it was doing some job of protecting. The animal, and you had no right to go knock it down. Okay, putting something in the way of the fire, which the Gemara said was the case that the fire would have got there, was a ruach shein mitsuya. So, you know, what was the chances that this unlikely wind would have come? There's no liability up, even up in heaven. Kamash Milan, that like. No, that the Gemara said, Yechai for Yidim Bidine Adam. That was the Gemara earlier, for it was a ruach mitsuya. If it's a Ruch Mitsuya that's coming, it's a Ruch Mitsuya. It doesn't matter. Okay, we mean that it can be anticipated now. Um, so, um, okay, so therefore, the point is like, okay, was it like not so likely? Fine, it wasn't so likely, but what were you doing messing around with somebody else's property? Right, it doesn't matter that it was only a 5%. You shouldn't be messing with somebody's property, and that's enough to create a, at least a, you know, a Chayav Bidine Shamayim. With Ravashi Damanami, Tamani, according to Ravashi, that says the case was that you covered somebody's haystack with like a blanket so the owner of the fire wouldn't have to pay because you made it buried. So Maudema, I might have thought, uh, uh, I said, the person could say, look, look, I, I was just trying to help you out. I was trying to cover it with a blanket in order to uh, protect it. So I shouldn't have to be Chayabidin Shemayim. Kamash Mulan that you are. Now, so says one minute. Who then cares what you could have said? Oh, I was just trying to help out. This is Chayabidin Shemayim. You know what you thought. God knows what you thought. If you really were 
just trying to get the to get 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 the owner of the fire free from payment. So of course you're chayv What do you mean? Oh, I could have said this. So look at Tosav. Tosav says kisude kisite. Tosav says bottom bottom of the page here. Vim Tomer. God knows what you were intending. So, of course, if you were intending to hurt the guy, of course you hide in Yishamayim. What's the Kiddush? It's not just you're playing dumb and pretending you were trying to help the owner of the, of the, of the, of the grain. Even if you really were trying to help the owner of the grain. Okay? If you thought by covering by a blanket, you would actually, you know, prevent the flames from doing it so quickly. And you figure that you'd be able to help the guy. Because certainly, now here you can't say, like, when I put your, when I put your uh, sheath in the way of a fire, there you can say, even if it was unlikely, what the heck are you doing touching my property, right? Leave my property alone. But here, you actually have a mitzvah to try to help somebody's property who might be destroyed, right? And so on, you know, you have an obligation. You see a fire I mean, I'm supp- and I'm around there. I should be trying to protect yeah, your stuff. You but, yeah, and you are, and you have a right to. But, as it says, that obligation to protect the stuff does not mean, at least, that you can, uh, you can be, you, 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 you don't have to uh, exert care. So it's an interesting question. It's the question of the Good Samaritan Law by property, as opposed to by life, right? Do people know what the Good Samaritan Law is? Good Samaritan Law does not obligate me to save somebody in danger. The Good Samaritan Law says, if I'm jumping in and saving somebody who's drowning and I bring, take them out of the lake, and they can't sue me now because I broke their leg or their arm in the process of my saving their life. Okay, I was doing a good deed. I was trying to help. I cannot, you know, in order to encourage that, obviously, or whatever, you have to waive, you know, you can't, I can't have liability in the course of that. What about a good Samaritan law by saving property? Okay, I went ahead and I saw your thing was about to be destroyed and I intervened and I tried to protect it or whatever, and as a result, I caused you damage. Maybe I even caused you more loss than you would have suffered or who knows what, right? Some type of a case here. So would you say, oh, well, look, you're trying to help the guy, your partner, or would you say, like, no, I'm sorry, like, you know, you, you, if you exerted, maybe if you exerted proper necessary care, you would be partner. But if you would have exerted proper care, maybe you'd be chayv. Now, tell us that you're not chayv, you're not chayv in the court, you're chayv bidine shamayim. But it is interesting, even though you were doing a good deed. Now, the reason it's only chayv bidine shamayim is because it was only indirect loss. What if I caused you direct loss? What if I saw, you know, I don't know, something entering your yard and was about to, uh, I don't know, was about to, somehow I was afraid that some dog was there eating in your yard, eating up the grass, and I ran in in order to get, get the dog away. And in the process, I ran over your prize roses, okay, and I destroyed a thousand dollars of property, all right? Would you say that I have to pay you back? I was trying to, you know, that's not, that's a high bedine adam, that's a direct case of mazik, adam olam, right? So it raises interesting questions whether when I'm in the process of trying to help you, does that give me an exemption for damage? And Tosin's basic answer is no. It doesn't. Not if you, certainly not if you could have been more careful than you were. Okay? And that's, so that's a pretty big finish. Yes. In so. the case of the Psalm Mothers, yeah. well, what are the parameters of least naive? What do you mean? For, I mean, 
why isn't that all the animals why isn't that more like the literal Ishmael there it might be but that's not enough to be you know that's the Chiddush here when we say we don't just mean did you do some Avera or not maybe you did an Avera but is, is are you so responsible that, that in heaven they hold you liable for re- to compensate the person okay and that's so that's a certain higher threshold here of the now you could still say to me it seems putting Sam Mavis as a pretty you know what do you are Chayvidin Shemayim it did say Chayvidin Shemayim it's just it's just your part of Bidini Adam so yes. I can understand this, this guy like the covers the standard language are we saying that he's Chayvidin because like is this a case he knew that someone is Pater or are you doing it I mean he didn't really thought he, like the, uh, this is a pretty obscure law to know that someone is Pater. okay so that's a good point you're right like if you could say like you could say like if people generally don't know this halacha that someone is Pater then you can't say that there was any negligence he could have been more careful you're right I would agree with that that's a good point okay but I think again I think this is so fascinating in terms of that question of you're trying to help somebody save somebody's property what type of a liability do you have you know could you have if you actually cause more de- her harm than good in your case about trampling the rules I really would be able the owner wanted to if, I, if, if, if you could show that you should have been more careful you know and any normal person would have stopped and said okay the dog is eating some of the grass but here are these prize roses or whatever if I could show that there was some degree that you were like not careful then according to what I think Tosus is saying I think I could definitely sue you and but if you were being careful and just in the process you know right then presumably not right presumably you wouldn't say if you were trying to act and you really were careful and you know well, and it was uh, and you tr- who asked you no you have a mitzvah you have a mitzvah to save somebody's property that's being that's being damaged right that's very different than just putting a, a, a sheaf in front of a in front of a fire okay so the question is like this um, okay uh, where are we? Okay. Who hires witnesses? Even if I'm hiring them, look, God says don't do it. I say do it. Obviously, you should listen to God. And I don't even have any You know, you're you know free agents, and that's totally your moral responsibility, not mine. That you don't say that. What? Yeah, that's what we just did. That was why we did the Tosos. Now that again, as I said, the biggest chiddush in my mind, because you're just being totally passive, unless you say like Tosos, you lied and you lied in court. But anyway, I might have thought there's a case of an Eidechad. So you could say, look, my testimony, who said it would have made a difference? Even if I testified, who said the other guy would have, would have admitted rather than taking a Shrua? Who knows? He could have sworn falsely. And you also wouldn't be Chayev. Now that's not such a Chiddush. Because if Chayev, even by the case of the fire with the Ruch Sha'in and Mitsuya, certainly a type of a case like this, where your, your, your testimony is relevant, you know, it's, you know obviously there, there seems like there's a good like likelihood that your la- absence of testifying could make a difference. But I still would say the big Chiddush here is that you're just being passive. Unless, again, we say that you're like actively lying in court, like Tosus has it. All right. So now we go on to the case of the Mishnah that you basically watched, you know, uh, uh, did a good shmirah, and then an animal broke out at night or was broken by, you know, bandits um, and your pastor. So the Gemara says, uh, um, by the way, and I'm to remind you why to say broken at night, because either if it's broken in the day, then you're not pastor, then you should have heard about it and done something about it. Or the other thing Tosa says, which I thought is also a nice Kiddish, is if it's broken at night, then even if you do hear about it, Tosa says it could be that you're pastor because, like, you're not just, re- you're not responsible to get out of your bed at 2 a.m. just because your sheep might be grazing in somebody else's field. Okay, so 
Gemara says like this: I'm a rabba. Who shechatra? This case that your putter is only if it like dug tunneled under the, the wall. Okay, I've a lo chatra mai. So the Gemara says I don't get it. And if it didn't tunnel under the wall and it broke through the wall naturally, or the wall fell, or whatever, so what would you say? Chayev? You'd be chayev. Why would you be chayev if it you did a good shmira? So the Gemara says, Hey dummy, what's the case? Elim b'kotel darif was a strong wall. Kilo chatra mechayev. So let's say it got out some other way. It was a strong wall, but I know a hurricane knocked it down, or it was smart enough to jump over it, or whatever it was. It was a good shmira that you did. Why should a dafka be potter if it tunneled? Even if it got out another way, you should be chayev. My chayev, my chayev, my heaven. What should you have done? Ella because of ra'ua. So okay, the case would be that it was a rickety wall. So if that's true, and therefore if it just walks out, breaks, breaks through a rickety wall, you're chayev because you didn't do a good shmira. So if that's why you're chayev when it just broke through normally, so ki chatra my potter. Why are you exempt when it tunneled? So tchilasa b'pshia v'sofa ba'onasu. You started with negligence. You didn't really protect it well. You only protected it with a rickety wall. And it happened to be that it broke out through tunneling when it could have just broken through the wall. Okay, fine. So in the end, it was an honest. But what is an honest, which began with a case, that you didn't do your obligation of shmira. So the fact that it happened to be that it got out through honest is not relevant. You know, or should not make matter. You see, your pshia should be enough to, to be mechai of you. Okay, fine. That statement works if you say that something who begins with pshia but ends with honest, you're exempt. I could understand why chatra you'd be exempt. Because at the end of the day, the way it got out was an honest. But if you say if you start with pshia and it ends with onus, you're chayev. So Michael and Emma, what can you say? So what did it tunnel down? It could have just walked out. Yeah. No, so we don't. We're going to see and when the two are really related, like the honest results from the pshia. Then we're going to say kulachat pshiahi. Then everybody will agree. The chiddush of kulachat pshiahi is over onus. It's true they have to be somehow in the same parsha, like the gemara earlier and stuff. Like if I'm poshia with my well, the inyan gemolim, but I'm not. Right? But here, your pshia relates to you did not do what you needed to do to prevent the animal from getting out. And the animal got out. So that's enough to say related. Right? But if the actual way it got out resulted from your pshia, then it stops being an honest. So the way it got out had nothing to do with it. Correct. That's the chiddush of chilas of But it has to be, you know, your negligence would have allowed the animal to get out and damage, and that's exactly what happened. So I don't exactly care what the circumstances of it were. The case where they say they're un- that they're so unrelated that it's not the a- issue is let's say I said, you know, you were negligent with this well, you could have allowed camels to fall in. Okay, but in the end of the day, an ox fell in, and you weren't negligent about that, right? So that's where you can't jump from one to the other. But when the, ne- when the honest results directly from the pia, then that's all pia, then everybody agrees. Okay, so the Gemara says like this, must be seen bari. Our Mishnah was a strong wall you're right and you'd be exempt even if it didn't dig however it got out of the full small out of the strong wall you're an honest this is going to get to your point. Well, Rabbah's statement was at the end of the Mishnah. Not about the case that you're parched, but the case that you're chayev. If you left the animal, even if it was bound up and in a wall, in the middle of the hot sun, like today it's going to go up 20 degrees. It's like 74 right now. Okay, don't leave it. Later on it's going to be like 95. Okay, so if you leave it straight in the hot sun, the you gave it to the chayev, then it went out, you're chayev. 
So, uh, so now we're going to focus on the sun case. I'm a rabbi, if you left it in the sun, even if it did something crazy, like digging, tunneling under the wall, you're still going to be chayev. Even if it didn't dig, if it managed to somehow, I don't know, break, you know, break through the wall or something that you maybe would have been a more natural thing to expect, that clearly is all one pia, meaning even if it's a strong wall, in the circumstances of leaving it in the sun, it's breaking through the wall as part of that negligence, because that could be expected, it's going to be looking for any opportunity to break through, okay, so something that normally would have been an anus is now a pshia, okay um, even if it dug that that would be something that's unrelated to the pshia, and that would be a classic because just because it's in the sun, what type of an animal knows how to dig a tunnel, okay and that's seen as unrelated, you see now, in these circumstances, anything it does, no matter how crazy, all is part of that initial negligence. Because that's what an animal is going to do when it's left in the sun. It's going to use any type of... The koltatsuki here. My time is... You should have known. You left it in the, middle, in the hot sun. Any type of uh, scheme or device, strategy, it could have at its disposal. It'll use to get out. It'll use to break out. Okay, so therefore, this is exactly this case I told that it did result something that otherwise would have been a total honest. And even when you left it in the sun, you would say, okay, I can imagine leaving it in the sun, it would do this range of things. Who could have imagined it would have done this range of things? No, all of that is resulting from the, from the fact that it's being left in the sun and all that is called Kia. Yes? Are we using formal categories or we're kind of like producing drum what do you mean? No, these are all... No, 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 no. This is a case that did you do... We're, we're, we're moving beyond... This is a case that you do your Shmirah to pacha you from Shane Varegel, when, you know, the Nezik of Shane Varegel. Rama, an animal tunnels out, even though you didn't do a good Shmirah. Right. There's no Rama. I'm not understanding what you're saying. I mean, the, what do you mean, Rama? Completely unrelated to your negligence. It's not unrelated. It's if you if you, you mean, got out and you, and you left it in tunnel, the sun. By tunnel, no, no, forget this. By tunnel. Yes. And you didn't do a good. You know, right, right. That's what. So that's what Hill was saying. That's a chilas of the a sofa bonus. That the sofa bonus is not related to the pshia. But but when we come to court, the argument would be if let's say you're a shomer or let's say you are a case of whether you're animal damaged. You say, look, what happened actually was unrelated to my negligence, and I say to you, I really don't give a hoot. You know, you had a responsibility to watch my sheep. You weren't responsible. You allowed it the opportunity to get out and damage, and that's at the end of the day what happened to it. So if you were negligent for that result, and that result happened, it doesn't matter that you, that by chance, that the way those dots got connected was because the animal did something crazy. Right? Yes. Because if, if you're a showman, then you're, 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 you're if you're, a, and that I think is the key point, right? If you were like an Adam Hamazic, then, you know, maybe this is good to help clarify what I said. If you're an Adam Amazi, bonus doesn't make so much sense, right? Like, you can't connect the dots from what I did wrong to what happened, right? I was negligent, but then it did something weird, so why, did, why is it considered like I damaged that object, right? But we don't start here with the question of Adam Amazi. We start here, either you're a Shomer, that's one scenario, you're watching my animal, or you're a Shomer from a different perspective. You have a Torah obligation to watch your animal to prevent it from going out and causing damage. So the thing it starts with, Wiz, 
you shirked your responsibility. You were negligent with your chiyuv shmira. So that's where it starts. You're right. If it started with, like, am I a mazik? Can you connect the dots from my act to the fact that it got damaged? No. But if the question is, did you shirk your chiyuv of shmira? The answer is yes. So that's exactly the, that's exactly what the issue is about. Thank you. Okay. So the more says like this: Hosiyah listim listim chayavim. If the listim take it out, the listim are chayav. By the way, I'm just going to keep on saying listim because that's what everybody says, but the word is listis. Okay, it's singular. It's not plural. It's listis mizuyan. It's not listis listim mizuyanim. Okay, but whatever. For, I don't know how long, millennia, people have been saying listim. But anyway, moving on. What? Yeah, it's Greek. So I'm sure somebody has here the, the uh, no, we don't have, somebody will look up the Koran or whatever. They'll tell you what the Greek is. Okay, so the verse is like this. Pita, obviously, if the listim took it out, they're chayiv. Kivan da'afkua since they took it out it's considered theirs for all things and therefore they should be liable for damage that it does I'm going to go back and look at that as- assumption in a minute but the Gemara says it's obvious if somebody steals a, uh, an animal they become liable for the damage it creates so the Gemara says no they didn't exactly do a technical Mashiach they didn't hold it you know and drag it out they stood on like on all sides of it and they forced it to move you know sort of like you stand and you don't let it move in any other direction except one so indirectly you're making it move but you didn't actually move it directly with your hands okay if you went and you took you know Shimon went and he took Reuven's cow and he put it over you know uh, um, you know Shimon's uh, nice uh, you know, uh, hay, you know uh, uh, wheat or whatever and had it eat, eat Shimon's wheat uh, well, I'm getting lost Reuven took Shimon's cow and had to eat Shimon's wheat okay but it was it was Shimon's cow Chayev you have to pay him back now why like given everything we just discussed that should be like a grumma or something right I didn't I wasn't Mazik Abiyadayim it wasn't my cow why am I Chayev so the Gemara says and listen to where the Gemara says goes with us it says and Mami says the Gemara Pita what if you directly put it over the wheat of course you're Chayev like so like why are you of course Chayev what exactly is the Chayev and then the Gemara takes it one step further fine you didn't directly stick its head into the wheat but you stood in its way and you forced it and you directed it towards the wheat and you're still going to be Chayev and just like here when the least team take it out they're Chayev for making it come out even if they didn't directly take it out okay and so we'll get back to that that's a huge chiddish and then the Gemara sort of has a much less of a chiddish Amar Bai let's say the Rav Yosef no when you first told us that halacha you told us that the case was not that you stood in its way and made it eat the wheat it's that you hit it with a stick and you drove it to eat the wheat and at least also when they took it out they took it out by hitting it with a stick so what's the chiddish of hitting it with a stick is that much much less of a chiddish than standing in its way normally the way you're cone something is you hold it and you drag it. If you hit it with a stick, you made it move, but not by directly holding on to it. But at the end of the day, it's still a type of a mashicha. So according to Abaye, let's analyze this Gemara, because this is a huge Gemara that says a lot of Chidushim in a very few lines. According to Abaye, okay, a, 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 a thief is chayiv and it becomes responsible for the animal when they do an act of kinyan, mashicha, and it's not such a chiddish, where it's either physically taking out or hitting it with a stick, but it's a classic act of mashicha. If, 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 if Ruvain takes Shimon's 
cow and has it eat Shimon's grain, so Reuben could be like a type of a ganev of that cow, even though he's not planning, presumably, to take it and take it home. He's just trying to cause damage to, uh, you know, to Shimon by having it eat the grain. But still, you did an act of hitting it with a stick, which is like an act of Mashiach. That makes it enough like yours, so it now sort of becomes your cow that ate his grain, and you're high for an act of Shane Varegel, okay? So what's that? According to Abaye, the Chiddush is that even if you don't own an object, and even if you're not a shomer of an object, if you sort of take over possession of an object through an act of a Kenyan, or even temporarily through this idea of trying not to take it for yourself, but have it eat the grain, for the purposes of Nizkei Mamon, you are seen as the owner of this, of, this, of this animal, and you have to pay for its damages. Okay, now, that's Abaye. At least there you did a Kenyan. The much bigger Chiddush is the first statement of the Gemara of Rav, which is just standing in its way. You didn't even do a Kenyan. What exactly makes you chayef there? And you could read that in one of two ways. You could either say it's the same idea as a baye, but it's a bigger, it's, it's broadening it. Even without a Kenyan, if you basically are controlling somebody's animal, then for halachas of Nizke Mamon, it's your animal to be liable for its damages. That's probably the easiest thing to say. Like, you could try to even say you become like a mazik biadayim, I'm using your animal to destroy something. But again, from everything we've seen before, like, no, that's like grama. That's very hard to say. So it seems like from this Gemara, we really have a very big Kiddush that the, what's considered ownership for Nizke Mamon is not necessarily property ownership, not even a Shomer, you know, not even a full Ganev, even just taking your animal to have it eat from the grain, you know, not planning to take it for myself, but any sense of sort of being in possession of it and being in the position to watch it and to guard it and taking it away from you and like, you know, making it not possible for you to be the one to do it. And now I sort of stepped in there and so that now becomes my responsibility to watch and according to even one opinion, even if I didn't do a, an act of a Kenyan on it, it becomes my responsibility and I become Chayev, which is really interesting when you go back to like the early question we asked, right? right? Remember the early question we asked all along, what is the basic reason you're Chayev for these cases like of, of like Shane and Regal and Karen? Is it basically your property damaged or is it like you sort of damaged in extension or something of that nature, right? Through your negligence, you damage and this thing connects you to it, or is it your property? If you say your property, then becomes the question about, well, how do you define what it means by, by your property? So by the bore, for example, we've already had a model that if you dig the well, even if you don't own it, it's sort of like your well, because you're responsible for it. So here we're having a similar idea. If you put yourself in a position to be responsible for it, right, then it's, for these purposes, it's considered like your property. So the difference of the categories start to get, you know, start to merge, because we're not defining property in a very limited sense. Like, just being responsible and being negligent and being in the position to be responsible makes it enough of your property to be chayv as well. Right, the bo- to say the boar is your property is less of a chiddush than to say that me making your cow eat from your grain makes it like my cow, right? But by the way, if you take a look at Tosa, I want to read like one or two lines in Tosa where he says some of these points. Okay, so the big Tosa's pita, if you look about eight lines before the lines get wide it says V'yeg Shlomar towards the end of the line okay line starts with the word Kishamach Zirin so it says 
He says, where do we get this idea that you become liable for the Nezek? No, that makes sense. Since you took it away from them and they were the ones that were supposed to be watching it, and you now made it not possible for them to watch it, you took it away from them, then for these purposes it becomes your responsibility to watch it. Okay, because it doesn't, you don't have to do, own it, you don't have to, and according to one thing, you don't even have to do a Kenyan, just stand in its way, but if you de facto are in the position to watch it, and you've sort of taken control over it, you are the owners for this purpose. Okay? So that's basically what Tosa says, and by Mami Beimus Chavero, he says, um, if you take a look at Tosa's Mami Beimus Chavero, he says, Okay? You see that Tosa says? Yeah, you don't own it, right? You just got in its way and you made it move and you made, you know, you made his cow move and eat his grain. It becomes your cow. The Avogov Bero, your animal. Kididei Chashiva, it's like yours. Hov Asta, Vuhu Asta, Okay, so that's sort of, since you are the one that's sort of making this whole thing happen, making this nezek happen, it's considered like your animal. Tosa says, here's an interesting nafkinina. Let's say I made, I took Shimon's animal and I ate it and eat Shimon's grain in Rishus Harabim. What I have to pay, right? So he says no, because you're not seen like a mazik biadayim. You're seen as the owner of this animal for Shane Varegel, and Shane and Regal is putter in Rishon So this gemara is a big chiddush on what's considered ownership within this world of of mamon hamazik, right? And it's basically being in that position, even not technically owning it. Okay, so now the gemara continues. If you gave it over to the shepherd, the shepherd now becomes responsible. So the Gemara says, Amri Tachtev Deman. Who does he take, whose, whose responsibility does he assume? Ilay Matachtev Debal, he assumes the owner's responsibility, which is obviously Pshad of the Mishnah, of Debal Behemoth, the owner of Behemoth, Tanina Chadazimna. We already taught it in an earlier Mishnah. Masro Lishomachinam Lishol Nosisachar Lishocher. If they gave over their uh, animal to a renter or a borrower or, or a guardian, so Nichtasu Chadazabalim, Kula Nichtasu Chadazabalim, they become responsible. So why would you have to repeat it here? And why do you have to bring in the fact that he's a shepherd? So this is a very strange read of the Mishnah. When it says he gave it to the shepherd, it doesn't mean the owners gave it to the shepherd. It means a shomer gave it to the shepherd. I gave it to a shomer, and the shomer gave it to a shepherd. And now, it's the shepherd's responsibility and not the shomer's responsibility. Okay, so says the Gemara, Shomer Kama, Ifter Lilagami, and the first shomer walks out. So the Gemara says, let this be a contradiction to Rava. To Amar Rava, because Rava says, Shomer Shomer that if a Shomer gives it over to a Shomer, he's being negligent, because the owner only wanted him to watch it. And by giving it to a Shomer, he becomes responsible. And here it's saying that the Shomer can give it over to a shepherd and step out of the picture. So the Gemara says, No. Amar Rava, Rava will say to you, My Master when it says giving over to a shepherd, it doesn't just mean any normal shepherd. It means the Barzile. He gave it over to his, uh, you know, to his, uh, 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 what's it called? Intern. Okay. <laughs> what? Apprentice. Thank you. Um, and therefore, it was understood that if you give it over to somebody to watch, they might give it over to one of their apprentices to, to watch for them. And therefore, you did just what the, the owners should have expected. To work the 
Zile, it's natural for the for the shepherd to give it over to his apprentice. Okay, and therefore it's not really Shomer Shemasu Shomer that was, was understood when you accepted responsibility. Igadami, others say, since it says specifically the example of giving it to a shepherd, again, we're assuming it's the Shomer that gave it to a shepherd, okay? Loktani Masul Ache, and it doesn't just say you gave it to some third party. Shmamina, my Masul Leroyah. So, of course, what Kshan in the Mishnah means is you gave it to a Shomer, and he gave it to a shepherd, meaning his shepherd. Masarola Barzilai. It means that the shepherd gave it to, you know, to his intern, to his uh, apprentice. To Orcha the Roll, Mimsola Barzilai. That's natural. So, meaning that's why it's okay for the Shomer to give it over, because he gave it over to a person that was understood he, he would likely give it to. Um, and that was implicit in the original contract. But if he gave it over to a real third party, then he would not, then he would not step out of the picture. Let's say this supports Normally you'd be chayev, and the only reason it's different here was a special case of a roev, a shepherd, giving it to his apprentice. So the Gemara says, no. Amri, no. No, Dilma or the Milsaktani, it says giving it to a shepherd, but that's like a natural thing, but it really anybody you would give it to, you would be exempt. Okay, so the Gemara has a strange read of the Mishnah that it's not the owners giving it to a shepherd, it is a shomer giving it to a shepherd, and to discuss this is Shomer Shemasul Shomer. Now I just want to raise a question. When we talk about Shomer Shemasul Shomer, who are you chayev to? We're naturally talk we're normally talking about whether you're chayev to the original owner. Okay? So Hanan gave me this animal to watch, and I went and I gave it to David. So when I being negligent of my responsibility to Hanan and therefore even if some accident occurs to it or whatever occurs to it under David's control Hanan could say to me you know I only wanted you to watch it you were negligent by giving it away you have to repay me and that's the question so that but I have a question let's say I gave it let's say we say and I gave it to David and nothing happens to the animal but what the animal does is it goes and it damages somebody else's property right so who does the who, the owner of that field whose property just got eaten up by the sheep who do they come to presumably they go to David David was the one watching it he was the one meaning my chiyuv for giving it away is a chiyuv to you Hanan to the owner who entrusted me but you're entrusting me in terms of like you know in terms of protecting it from being damaged and I'm being irresponsible with it giving it away I would question in that case even if I was chayv to you if it got lost I would imagine that everybody would agree that David would be the one that would be chayev if it went ahead and did damage because his negligence led to it being damaged right in some you know I, could, a thir- could some stranger the owner of the field say to me hey you know Dove if you had been watching it it wouldn't have damaged my field and since Hanan gave it to you to watch you're also negligent vis-a-vis me like that I don't know so if, if this is the reason I raise right, this is a context here of when it goes out and damages so when the Gemara is discussing Shomer, are they talking about if it got damaged, which is the classic example, and responsibility to the owner? Or are they saying, even if I'm negligent, once I'm negligent to Hanan for protecting his animal by giving it away, I also become negligent to anybody else in the world who it would go out and damage. Like, I don't know, that would definitely be a big jump. The original owner is off, though, for sure? Yeah, because you gave it to a Shomer. Yeah, so you're off. Yeah. So that, so that, I meaning, it's, anyway, but that I think is unclear. Pashat, we're talking here that the animal got damaged. If it does damage, I would think it would be very different, but that's not clear. Okay, let's now get to, now that we're talking about Shomer, we introduce a nice little Shas Sugya, which we will start now and we'll continue tomorrow. Itmar. Okay, it was set taught. Shomer Aveda. Somebody who is 
watching a lost object, right? We talked before about, hey, I'm just doing a mitzvah. What's my liability when I trample through somebody's rose garden? Let's say I found your iPhone there on the street and I'm going ahead and I'm watching it and then something happens to it and it gets damaged. Do I become liable to compensate you because I am watching your iPhone till I can get it back to you? I'm a shomer, okay? And am I a shomer chinam or a shomer secha? So everybody agrees that if I'm really negligent, I fall below the level of a shomer mechinam, even though I was doing the mitzvah, if I'm really negligent, I have to compensate you. Let's say I'm not really negligent. Let's say it's like Gnev and Aveda. I wasn't, you know, I did a basic level of Shmira. Will I still be obligated to compensate you? Shomer Aveda. Rabbi Amar Kishomer Chinam. You're like a Shomer Chinam. Dami, Rav Yosef Amar Kishomer Sacher Dami. You're like a paid Shomer with a higher level of Shmira. Rabbi Amar Kishomer Chinam Dami. My Hanukkah Matile. What benefit are you getting? You're doing it all for free. Like it's a good, you know, it's like, you know, it's chiddush enough that you have anything. Okay, you're just doing a mitzvah here. So you don't have liability beyond the basic level of Shmira. Rav Yosef Amar No Kishomer Sacher Dami. You think you're Shomer Sacher. The, the pleasure you get, the benefit you get that you don't have to give a, a piece of bread, to, a, a loaf of bread to a poor person, what does it mean you don't have to give a loaf of bread to a poor person? So in the process of taking care of this Aveda, somebody comes knocking on your door and asks for a tzedakah donation, and you could say, don't bother me, I'm in the middle here being Shomer Aveda. So because you get some benefit out of doing it, you're a Shomer Now this leads to a whole big conversation of what is the scope of Osik Mitzvah Patamina Mitzvah? Like, what? Because I got an Aveda in my house, I don't have to do mitzvahs? I can go through that. Uh, great! It's a great deal! Let me find an Aveda, put it in my house. I won't have to put on tefillin or tzitzis or davin, or I won't have to go ahead and give any tzedakah because I'm Osik Mitzvah. So Tosa says, no, no, no. Osik Mitzvah is only if it's impossible to do both at the same time. So while I am actually picking up the Aveda, bringing it home, making phone calls, trying to figure out whose it is, if it's something that's a rug that needs airing out, when I'm doing things that are about, that, then I don't have to do other mitzvot because then I can't, you know, I can't be doing two things at the same time. So that's important in terms of the parameter of osik mitzvah, pasav mitzvah. Now I do want to say that some Rishonim disagree. And some Rishonim say, Ozik Mitzvah Patamina Mitzvah is even if you are able to do two at the same time. But, like, let's say, if I'm walking to do, I'm a Shliach Mitzvah, I'm walking to redeem captives, as I'm walking, I could be saying the Shema, and it won't even slow me down. Okay? I'm there, I'm sitting in the driver's seat, you're driving the car, I could be saying the Shema as we're driving to redeem captives. Okay? You can do both of them. Some will still say you don't have to. Ozik, or not, you even you shouldn't. Ozik Mitzvah Patamina Mitzvah. But the difference is you have to be osate. You have to be actively involved in it. So if while I am making the phone call, I can stick in my hand in my pocket and give the ani some money, right? Even though I could do both, I'm puttered because I'm actively involved in the mitzvah. But just having the, 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 the Aveda in my house doesn't exempt me. Having tzitzis, I, yeah, most of the mitzvah, I got tzitzis here on, right? No, 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 no. You have to be involved and actively involved. Then you're exempt even if in theory you could do both. Okay, but what Rabbi Yosef is saying is because there is ways in which you benefit from being involved in the Aveda, you're like a Shomer Sacher. Now Tosa says, Rabbi doesn't disagree that there's some incidental benefit. Like nobody disagrees with the principle of Osek Mitzvah Padamina Mitzvah. Rabbi just says that doesn't make you a Shomer Sacher. Okay, now why there should be that difference, we'll talk about tomorrow. So there's one other reason given here, but let's stop here and we'll pick up from this point tomorrow. 
oh I'm actually not going to be here tomorrow oh so you know what let me just say one thing because I have to be at a bris tomorrow so just give me one more minute so I'll just tell you like my chiddish on this or my thought about this and then I'll let, let, let Dan Margulies take over which I'm sure will do a great job so the question is why would Rabbi not consider you a Shomasacha so it could be it's so incidental and trivial it's like not enough money to be considered you a Shomasacha but it really raises a different question which is why does a Shomasacha have a higher level of responsibility is it the objective reality you're getting something out of it so that raises your level or is it the implicit contractual obligation when I say to you here's $20 I want you to watch my thing there's an act of a contractual obligation if you and that and with money the assumption is you do have, do a high level but there's no contractual obligation here you found my iPhone nobody's contracting you to be my showmer so even if you get some benefit from it and even if it's a real significant benefit you're just watching it because you have a mitzvah to return it and in the absence of any contractual obligation could be there's no mechanism for you to be a shomer sachar that raised level of responsibility comes implicitly because I gave it to you with that understanding right but here it's one sided so that is an interesting question can you be a shomer sachar just through that yes what is right so we didn't read that so let me I'll just read one more line I'm sorry have one more minute and then I'll let Dan pick up so one reason is because you get benefit and the Gemara says some explain it this way that Rav Yosef's reason is why you like a Shomer Sachar because if you have a Chiyuv against your will to return it so that clearly if the Torah is mandating you then presumably it's mandating you to do a high level of Shmira okay, well, of course the response could be no like why should I assume that a mandate means like we just was before I could have a Chiyuv to be Shomer my ox and my well and it's a minimum level of Shmira so the idea that you have a Chiyuv from the Torah is I think two sides of the coin one way of saying it is if the Torah is making a demand we assume that it's a serious a high level demand and the other way of saying it is no if the Torah is making a demand it's because another person isn't making that demand and there's no contractual obligation and in the absence of a contractual obligation maybe there's no mechanism to make you high of beyond like the base level so that's an interesting question about this type of one-sided obligatory shmira are you like a Shomer Sacher or a Shomer Chinam so we'll continue with this tomorrow